All right. Well, we are uh, in uh, week three of a series that we've been doing called Take Captive. And uh, I don't know about anyone else, but for me, it's been super powerful and convicting. And all week long, I am like in it, in it, in it, in it. And uh, so the Lord's been doing some great things with me. One of the things that we've been, uh, one of the highlight statements of the week has been, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so um, we wanted to kind of just recap a little bit for you. One of the, the, the verse that the Lord has used the most through this series to really grab uh, my attention is this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the same weapons of this world. On the contrary, they actually have divine power to demolish strongholds. What I love about this is that as you would read it, it would almost be like, wait, okay, so there's a war. Wait, not like the world. Okay, oh, we have weapons. They have explosive power, awesome, to divine strongholds. Okay, so what is this war? Oh, we demolish arguments. That's the war that you've got going on. Though we're in this world, we have a different war. Your war is to tear down arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Your job is to tear down thoughts that compete against what Jesus is trying to do in your life. It's a war you're in. It, when you came to Christ, you said, you know what, Lord, here's my life. And now whether you realize it or not, everything inside of you is trying to pull you away from the call of God on your life. And, uh, and as, I, as I'm more and more aware of it, I feel it every day, these crazy thoughts that I think about people as I judge them or as I think about them. And I realize, wait, no, 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 no. Take that thought captive. That's not, or that's not from the Lord. 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 And, and as I control these thoughts, it makes me more godly through and through my life. Uh, let me just show you. Uh, we take captive every thought and we make every thought obedient to Christ. Uh, I loved this uh, this week as I've been meditating on some of these things. I had a completely different eye-opening revelation. It's crazy. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. What a wonderful thought. You know, I wonder if I had Matt Bullock's mind, if I can think all of the things that you think, I'd be a completely different person. I would have different interests. You know, the people that live in Nicaragua, the reason why they do the things that they do and though they live the way that they live is because that's, that's what they know, that's what they think. That's, and if you peep, people on different street corners, they think differently. And the way that we are set up is because of the way our brain works. Well, imagine for a second, if we had the mind of Christ, we would be a different person. We would be like Jesus. Imagine if we thought like Jesus and acted like Jesus, the things that come through our head, well, the scripture says, I want you to be transformed, Romans chapter 12, verse two, be transformed by renewing your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be a different human being by changing the way you think. And so we've been talking about this and taking every thought captive and, 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 and conf not conforming to the patterns of the world, but renewing our mind. So we've 
the last two weeks, we've talked a couple different things. One, about the, the brain patterns and the way that your mind thinks and the way that your thoughts naturally flow. Uh, and that oftentimes, your mind and your thoughts are lazy. And so it's easier for you to have negative thoughts. It's easier for you to judge people. It's easier for you to see things through a carnal mind than it is for you to see it through a godly mind, believing that there's going to be a greater outcome, believing that God's going to do something supernatural, believing in someone despite what what they are currently acting as. And so it's hard because oftentimes in our marriage or in our life or with our parents or with our children, we will look at them in the natural and judge them as if instead of them being a teammate or a partner or a spouse, we look at them as like they're the enemy and the problem in our life. And the longer that you live in that thought, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. If you want someone to be an enemy, they will become your enemy, and they will be the biggest problem in your life. But we change our thinking, we change our life. We change our thinking, we change our life. Take captive every thought and make it obedience to Christ and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Does this make sense? Cool. Um, there is a, a verse that I kind of, is gonna be the verse for today, and I'm gonna throw that out there here for you. Uh, first, let's pray, and then uh, we'll dive into this. No, uh, normally I just do a little silly prayer, but I get a sense right now that if we're not careful, this is just gonna be a sermon. And it can't just be a sermon. It can't just be words that you hear that flow through your mind because there's a lot of people talking to you and at you on a daily basis. But we are asking that the Lord would speak to us all. So Lord, I need you to do something supernatural and that's work through me, despite me. Flow freely in this room and open every ear. Help, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And now, dear brothers and sisters, the Apostle Paul said, we've been reading in Philippians, uh, I'm sorry, the last thing that we said last week was um, with the first week we ended with, if you can figure out the one lie that you're living in, I can never, I'm, ne I'm not good enough. No one ever loves me. I'll never get the promotion. Uh, I'll always be this way. Uh, they're more beautiful than I am. There are always things that we stay behind that we feel trapped to an identity or, or a, and, and it prevents us from ever even putting effort into situations where God has called us to have authority and possess land and territory and situations that God wants us to have. Whether you realize it or not, you are a leader. The spirit of Christ is inside of you and he wants to do great things in you. And if you believe the lies that the enemy is saying about you, that you can never be or you will always be or you're not good enough, you will always live behind that and you will never step into the calling that God has called you to be in. Does that make sense? And so last week we talked about learning to reframe situations, seeing things the way that God wants us to see them, that you can frame any situation in your life, whether you're a victim or as if that is a situation that God is using to create a better outcome for it. Does this make sense? And so I'm hoping right now that you don't see yourself as a victim in a situation, but the Apostle Paul, who was a victim of many terrible situations, said that the things that I've suffered actually were, were, were to, to, that God would use me to do greater things. And so what if things are terrible in your life for the glory of God? Because there's someone standing next to you that needs to see what it means to overcome. 
I don't know, another, another time maybe. Uh, so anyways, in this same letter, the Apostle Paul ended with teaching us again how to change our thoughts. And he says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, Fine, now, and now my dear brothers and sisters, I have one final thing, one final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is true on, and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's saying, hey guys, I need you to change that dumpster you got going on. And I need you to fix your mind on something else. Today we're talking about retraining, rethinking, fixing, and, 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 and fixing our eyes on something that is, that is better and more lovely. How do you train your eyes to fix. I know the things in my life that I think of all the time that are terrible and I shouldn't think this way. But Pastor Tim, how do I fix my eyes on this? That's the conversation today. Some of us over the last couple of weeks, we've learned of some of the things that are wrong. And today I'm hoping that I can teach you how to, to reframe it in a way that you see it differently. You have to train your brain. Train your brain. Train your brain, peoples. I wish I could turn it into a little kid song for you, but I can't. Um, you can't have a possible, a positive life if you have negative thoughts. If negative thoughts are ruling your life, it's what becomes the outcome. Jesus said it this way, and I thought, this, uh, you know how sometimes you can read the Bible and uh, there is just stuff that is just so convicting? Here's me being absolutely transparent with you. Super convicting. Uh, this is Matthew chapter six. Jesus said it this way. You've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. What I'm talking about is it's not lust. It, fine, it's lust. It's uh, pride, it's arrogance, it's judgment, it's self-condemnation. It's, there's things that's happening in our mind that you're already guilty of. The problem is, is that you can, if, if, if you can't control your thoughts, you can never control your actions. If you allow these thoughts to live here, it won't be long before they, they, they become an action in your life. If you judge people, they will stay out of your life. And many of us have trained ourselves to believe that we are okay and we don't need other people in our life. That is 100% baloney. It's not true. You need people. You can convince yourself that you're okay without them, but we were designed to have relationship. The Lord said it's not good for man to be alone. God wants you to have people in your life. But because we're so good at judging others and not embracing them, we, we build walls and we divide ourselves from people. And it's terrible. And how do we solve this problem? We have to train our brain to re-see things in our life. And uh, so uh, here's a, a cool statement today. Uh, that uh, if I could, I'm actually going to go out of order here, Pat, um, but uh, Philippians, the same verse that I just read to you, 4 verse 8, we start off by saying, I want you to fix 
your thought. That's the way the NIV said it. But the NKJV says it this way. Uh, I love uh, the, the translation. One says, fix your eyes. But then another one says, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, I want you to meditate on these things. Meditate. You know, like that thing that nowadays has been hijacked and Christians can't meditate anymore uh, because now if you do, you're a, you're a tree hugger or uh, uh, you're, you, you do weird yoga stuff. And uh, listen, I'm taking it back. The scripture says, meditate, fix your thoughts. One of the problems with us today is we are not fixed on anything or fixed on everything. And it becomes difficult to have a concentrated thought. Here's what the word meditation actually means. It means to engage in a mental exercise and to focus one's thoughts. How many of you want to have a focused thought? I want to have one clear thought that I think, that I believe, and it doesn't hijack my whole life and go crazy on me. Is there anyone else maybe that, listen, one thing I know is that in this room, there are many people struggling with anxiety, with fear, with depression, with loneliness, that their thoughts have been hijacked and you want to have truth back in your life. I believe that we will do that by meditating on God's truth. Does this make sense? So I bring you today to my first point. I'm gonna pray again. Lord, there is some things that's happening in our lives that you wanna change and rearrange Some of us want to live for you. But we just get to work and we're just stuck in this stinking job. Give us vision. Give us something that we want and we desire and that you're calling us to have and possess. Let us recognize the things that are good in our life and embrace them. Let us recognize that we are who you say we are. That we can do who you, what you say we can do. In Jesus' name. Point number one today, how do we unsee the purple elephant? Uh, it's, uh, what I mean by that is that uh, it's like a riddle that I'll say to you guys. We have to change our thinking. And we labeled so many things, I'm not good enough, or I'm not beautiful enough, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm not, I'll never get that job. And we stand behind these strongholds in our mind, prisoner of a situation that, you can believe if you want to, but it's not actually true. You can have a promotion. You can, you can be good enough. You can be beautiful enough. You can be smart enough, or you can be dumb enough. You can never get a promotion. You, you can be whatever it is you want to be, but it's for freedom that Christ set us. We have to either believe this stuff or not. And so what I'm realizing is that there is a stronghold in my life. And how do I get myself to unsee the thing that I see that's wrong? Because I, I keep coming back to the reality that I'm not good enough. I don't, maybe I'm the only person here, but there are lies that I struggle with on a daily basis. And I have to believe that I am good enough to reach a dying world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I do possess all of the wealth that God wants me to have today. I'm not in lack. I'm not, does, does this make sense? 
But so many times you look in someone else's yard and you realize all the things that you don't have and you feel like you're cursed. And it's the enemy robbing you of everything that God, how do I unsee the things that I see? You have to train your brain. Let me say it to you this way. Train your brain. Train your brain. There is a, <clears throat> whenever I, I, uh, I do a fast every, uh, all, I don't do them all the time because I hate fasting. But when I fast, if I'm doing a, a three day or a seven day or a 21 day, whatever it is I'm fasting, oftentimes for me, it starts off easy. Mostly because I know what I'm doing when I get into it. I come planned. I, I can't just decide this morning I'm going to fast. It's awful for me. Uh, my wife hates me. My kids hate me. Everyone hates me when I'm fasting because I love food. Um, and I think about food often. And so uh, one of the things that me and my wife will do, if we're doing like a 30-day fast, we'll do, um, the, the, um, um, what is it called? No, the, the other one. Uh, the, the whole 30 We'll do the whole 30. And it's like a cleanse, right? Where we'll do um, only uh, fresh vegetables or fresh fruit or, or fresh meat with no added um, uh, preservatives, with no uh, bread, no milk, no dairy, no, uh, no seasoning. It's terrible. You have steak all as much as you want, but you can't put anything on the steak. You, and it's, so it's really hard, right? Well, we go in with like, and it's awesome. We're, we're doing the Daniel's fast. We'll go in with a plan. I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this. And actually, the first couple days is hard because you, you're reprogramming. And as you get into it longer, it's easier because you've done research. You're thinking about foods that you actually can have. And you're focusing on what it is you want. Or the first couple days, it's easy when I'm fasting because I want breakthrough. I want Jesus. God, I'm hungry for you. I want you. But I find the longer I stay in the fast, the harder it gets. Because I'm not searching the internet anymore for food that I want. I'm not pursuing God with the same passion that I had, and it becomes casual. And so what happens is casual thoughts come back up into my brain, and I start thinking again about Reese's peanut butter cups. I start thinking about McDonald's salted french fries. I start thinking about things that is not good for me, and it's very easily to casually enter into a moment where now I found myself weak again because I've not trained my brain today to think about what is good. So my, my spirit is, is strong, but my flesh is weak, the Bible says. And so I find myself weak because my thoughts got off base because I allowed my thoughts to drift from what I was after to begin with. Does this make sense? Let me show you in scripture to meditate. Uh, uh, Psalms 119, verse 15 through 16, he says this. He says, I meditate on your precepts and I consider your ways, David said. I delight in your decrees and I will not neglect your word. I will not neglect your word. I'm gonna train myself to think about what you want me to see, God. If, if, I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna believe it. I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna believe it. And this is who you say I am. So we've gotten away from training ourselves how to read the Bible. What we do is we read the Bible because we know that we have to. It's a checklist. But we're not good at meditating on the Bible, and there's a difference. When we meditate on it, we think about it, we think about it until we believe it and we become it. See, years ago, uh, when uh, children of Israel were trying to become a disciple of, of, of someone, a rabbi in their life, that when they were between the ages of five and nine, every kid that went to school 
went to school and they learned the word of God. They actually would memorize the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Some of you can't even read the first five books of the Bible. I say some of you. Uh, it's really, Leviticus gets like so long. Like, Lord, I'm just going to put this one on audio read, right? And, uh, and so it's hard to like think about it and think about it. And these kids would memorize the word. But when you get it in you, I had a, uh, my old English teacher when I was uh, in, 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 in sixth grade, he used to say this. He said, um, um, you can take your spelling list and rub it on your head. <laughs> and he had like long hair and it would like stand up straight and it was really weird. And he's like, but you, the idea is you actually have to get this stuff in you. Right. So you have to read it and think about it. So these children of Israel, they would memorize God's word. We may not even be reading it, but here's the thought. If you want God's thoughts, at what point do you put them in you? Because what you put in will come out. This is, this happens with everything, even food, right? <laughs> what you put in will come out. And you want to put healthy stuff in because it's good for your body. The thoughts that come in will come out in your actions. Thinking about this, all of you, can you, we do a little exercise together here today? All of you have been trained. You've, you've learned how to train some of your thoughts, and I can show it to you this way. When all of you were in second or third grade, your teachers would do drills with you to get you to focus your thoughts. Watch this. Everyone out loud, help me out. Nine times six is what? Three times seven is what? Seven times four is what? Eight times eight is what? You know what's not happening in this room right now? You're not going eight plus eight plus eight plus eight plus eight plus eight plus eight. You're not adding them. You've been programmed to understand how to calculate eight times eight. Am I, am I right? You've been programmed to understand that this is the way I think. Well, what happens is, is in life, if we don't train our brain, our thoughts get lazy and they will go whatever direction they want to go. I hate those kinds of people. Those kinds of people make me want to punch them in the face. And if you allow those thoughts to be loose, it grabs your heart and it becomes part of your heart. You become judgmental instead of loving and you push those kinds of people out of your life rather than being like Jesus, having the mind of Christ and making it your mission and your purpose in your life to go after those kinds of people. Does this make sense? Train your brain. What is it that God is calling you to? Find the stronghold and find out what, 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 what demolishes what truth will demolish that stronghold and fix your eyes on it? How do I unsee the purple elephant? You have to see the polka dotted draft. It's the only way to get the purple elephant out of your head is to get the pink polka dotted draft in your head. And then you see it and 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 you see it. And I'm not worried about anything else anymore because I've retrained my brain. Otherwise, it'll roll rampant on you. 
My second point today is, okay, uh, I, I, I get it. How do I unsee the purple elephant? I have to retrain my brain to see something else. Well, my problem, Pastor, is that I, how do I unsee the pink flamingo, the red rabbit, the silver snake, and the orange iguana? Because my thoughts are all over the place. Is anyone else here? I did some study this week about, about the way that our minds work right now. And never before has our thoughts been as rampant as they are. So I want you to remember, last week we talked about how, uh, how uh, the former President Obama was talking about how social media is learning you and is teaching you what to think. Even if you're conservative, even if you're liberal, even if you're moderate, you put in Google and your Google search is going to look different than me because Google is sending you the information that you think you want. Check this out. I, I found the four number one reasons right now. There's 10, 20, depends on who you want to look at. But the top four that just about everyone would say reasons for being, having thoughts that run rapid. The number one is lack of sleep. Many of us in this room do not have a Sabbath. We do not have a day of rest, a day of downtime where we don't think about stuff and work and work and work. God has called all of us to have a day of rest. Let me say it to you like this. If God needed a Sabbath, come on. You need a day to relax your thoughts and enjoy the things that God has placed in your life. It's hard to love your family if you're always working. Because then when you're with them, you're stressed. You're maxed out. You're still running. They get the short end of the stick. They get your attitude and your leftovers. And it stinks. God has designed us to have a Sabbath, number one. And number two, bad eating habits. Like never before, we are eating trash. We, we've never had processed, processed food. And I'm telling you, like, I love it more than probably any of you. Uh, it's in my, Teresa looks at my debit card expending, and she will tell you, I love me some French fries, you know? And so, um, but never before have we eaten as unhealthy as we're eating. The, the third thing is social media. Because everything, we, we move. We, we scroll, we scroll, we scroll, we scroll, and it's happening so fast. We're getting a new thought, 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 that nothing is fixed on one truth. You may know that you're supposed to see a purple polka dotted draft earlier when the day started, but by two o'clock this afternoon, you've thought a lot of other stuff. There is, you are being inundated, and the last thing is television where you're allowing someone else to directly train your brain. Oh, I know what they like. And so what they do is these television shows that we like, we love, they've done technology on the culture. They've done research on who their audience is. And now they're going to feed commercials at you based on that audience. This is who you are. This is what we're going to give you. And they're training you because they know you. And these companies are spending billions of dollars. T-Mobile a couple years ago spent more than $3 million on a 30-second commercial to get in your brain. And I got T-Mobile. It got me. You know what I mean? I have to keep going here. Have a Sabbath, have rest, eat healthier, get off social media, read a book. I meditate on all your works and I consider what your hands have done. I have to, 
uh, tell you guys this. Um, one of the thoughts, the problems that I have, I have to go over some of my exercise. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to become just like Jesus in my life. It is my number one goal. One of our missions as our church is that we want to make fully devoted followers of Jesus. We want to make disciples, people, not like me. The objective is not for you to become a disciple of Tim, but to become a disciple of Jesus. And so in order to do that, we have to get and become more like him. I have a hard time praying. Pastor, you can't pray? Yeah, I can, but it's struggle for me. And so there's different exercises that I've had to listen to other pastors to find out what they do to learn how to pray more. Uh, there's this dude, Craig Rochelle. He, uh, one of the things that he does is every, he, he'll do breathing exercises for five minutes. He breathes in and he says someone's name and he breathes out and says someone else's name. He breathes in and says someone's name and he breathes out and says someone else's name. And he just takes his time until he can have focused thoughts on people that matter. And then he changes his exercise. One of the things that I do is I'll spend one minute, between 30 seconds and a minute, praying for someone's name that shows up into my head. Some of you, your circle is like seven people. And you like seven people. Unfortunately for me, I believe that I have close relationship with like 400 people. This is a terrible thing. My wife hates it. You know, I think everyone's my best friend. So I have to pray for 400 people. And, uh, and so I'll spend about 30 seconds to a minute. Each day, I'll, I'll pray for different people. But I'll, I'll pray for 30 seconds to a minute for one person. And while I'm praying for them, oftentimes God gives me a different name, which is frustrating because I started off with a set idea of who I was going to pray for. And God adds to that list. After about five minutes, I stop and I pray in the Holy Spirit. And I, I go, okay, uh, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll just pray in tongues. That's a gift that God has given me. If, you, if God has given you that gift, you need to exercise in the gifts that God has given you. There's a scripture about talents. If you don't use the talents that he's given you, he gives them to other people. I want to have all the gifts flowing in my life, so I'll pray in the Holy Spirit. And then after five minutes, I'll pray for one minute in, in, in the Spirit, and then I'll go back to praying for five minutes for different people, for different people. And then we move on to politics. There's exercises that I have to do before I pray at all. I always start off with praise, because I want to make sure that I know who I'm praying to. You are strong and mighty. You are wonderful. I'm going to talk more about that next week. I have exercises to help me from running different thoughts like crazy. If my mind is really going crazy, I will write every one of my prayers. I hate those days. I hate writing, mostly because my thoughts are faster than my pen, right? But it makes me concentrate on what I really want to say to the Lord today. Fix your thoughts. Take captive your thoughts. What is it that you see in your life? Meditate on some truth. Otherwise, how do you unsee what you see? I'm not good enough. Well, you'll never be good enough unless you can retrain your brain from seeing this. Well, I'm seeing all everything. Well, this is what the Lord wants you to see. And we retrain it one verse at a time. The last thought is, uh, is this. Uh, the thoughts keep coming back. Yeah, I know. The thoughts keep coming back to me too. I keep, I, I, I wish that I could tell you that the thoughts like go away. Uh, but I have to, uh, if I see a beautiful girl walking down the room, uh, walking down the street, I have to tell myself that I only have eyes for one woman. I have to tell myself that. I'm sorry. I wish it didn't work that way. 
but I can allow myself to go there, but I can't because I only have eyes for one woman. I, I don't know what you struggle with. I have to struggle with insecurities all the time that I'm not, I'm not good enough. It's terrible, but I'll compare myself to other churches. I know that I'm not those churches. I know that what we have is a community church and it's quite special. But often I wonder, well, God, what, am I doing something wrong? And I'll start trying to fix something if I'm not careful. And I have to take captive every thought and realize that I am not called to be those people. I'm not called to operate like those people. You've called me to be me and work with the giftings and the skill set that I have. Many or few. This is who I is, you know what I mean? And uh, my grandfather used to always say, you can't milk a duck. And so I, uh, I is what it I is, you know? Uh, the thoughts keep coming back. Listen, let us not become weary in doing good, but at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Training your brain is not allowing it to go in the direction that it wants to go. It's forcing it back into a new path. We, 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 we said that the, your, your neural pathways in your mind, and they're gonna constantly go. As soon as your wife, uh, uh, maybe uh, my wife does not do this, but one of the things that irritates me in life with other humans is when people, uh, they do that thing with their teeth with the fork, and they, and they make that sound. Oh, it irritates me. I decide in that moment when I hear that sound that I hate that human being, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't wanna, I don't wanna be friends with them. And so uh, you have to retrain your brain to say, like, no, we're not going there. They don't mean to do what they're doing. Uh, and so it is what it is. Uh, and so I wanted to show you guys another exercise about training your brain that I, that I did. And so uh, on our app under the Bible, I have 12 statements of faith that I say every day. Because I'd like to believe that I'm the most positive person and I just love God and I naturally just love my wife and I just naturally love you but you're not that naturally easy to love all the time, right? I'm not, and the people that know me get super irritated with me. You guys think, oh, he's so like, he's so spontaneous. And he, when you live next to me, a spontaneous person, it can be really annoying to have a relationship with someone like me. I just lose everything. Like, where'd my sermon go? People are like, pastor, I found your sermon. You're gonna need this here in a couple minutes. And uh, so anyways, I, uh, I looked up other, other, uh, other preachers' uh, lists. And so uh, we have one on the app, but I found someone different that's not on the app, and I thought you would like this. This is Chris Hodges. Uh, he is uh, the most spirit-filled church. It's called Church of the Highlands. Spirit-filled church that has, like I think it's like 25 campuses right now. They're in every prison in the state of Alabama. That's stinking awesome. They are reaching thousands of people a day for Jesus. And Pastor Chris Hodges says, I have to train my thoughts. This is what he, I'm going to read some of them that he prays over himself every day. Jesus is first in my life and I exist to serve and to glorify him. Jesus is first in my life and I, 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 I exist to serve and glorify him. If you have found a stronghold in your life, this is how you overcome it. You write the truth that demolishes that stronghold down. Then you think about that truth that demolishes that stronghold. I'm not good enough. I, I'm, I'm not skinny enough. I, I'm not smart enough. I, 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 I'll never get that job. Uh, you write the truth 
that demolishes that thought and you retrain yourself like multiplication, nine times five is 45. Nine times five is 45. Well, I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I am more than, I want you to write it down. I want you to think about it. I want you to confess it until you believe it. I want you to write it down. I want you to think about it. I want you to confess it until you believe it. I want you to write it down. I want you to confess it. I want you to think about it until you believe it. And you say it over and over and over again. So my son, who was in third grade last year, would come home and say, Dad, I gotta do nine times one, nine times two, nine times three, nine times four, nine times five, nine times, and you have to memorize them. Because we want you to, why is it that you don't know what 345 times 21 is? Because you ain't never programmed your brain to think of that first. But you have to tell yourself who you are or the enemy's gonna tell you who you are. I retrain it. I meditate on the truth that God has for my life. Jesus is first in my life and I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve her. There are days where that is not the truth in my life. I want to lay her life down and into the middle of the street. But when I remind myself that I, I'm in the middle of an argument, this thought will come back up in my brain. Some of you are struggling with patience. Find the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Because if that's a fruit of the Spirit and you have not possessed it, then that's not who God's called me to be. You could say, oh, I'm just so, I'm so, I'm so impatient. I'm, so, I'm just an impatient person. That's who you want to be? Because I don't know if you know, but it irritates the crap out of everyone around you because you're an impatient person. Let's be more like Jesus and be a fragrance to those that are perishing, is what the scripture says, and stop being impatient and become a patient person. That's a good word for someone right there. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I wake up with purpose, with meaning, and direction every day of my life. Some of you need that word. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. We have wrong desires. You're a human being. But Christ in me is stronger than those wrong desires in me. And we retrain our brain. I want you to write it down. I want you to confess it. I want you to believe it. I want you to think about it, confess it until you believe it. Write it down, think about it, confess it until you believe it. And we refix our brain. How do we unsee a purple elephant? We have to think about a polka dotted draft. And as silly as that is, if you don't have a focus, you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And that's mainly why some of us are struggling in Christ because we don't have a focus. We don't have an anchor. We love the word of God and we value it. We love the word of God and we value it. Deb, would you come? I'm over time and I'm, I apologize. I don't apologize. Uh, I love it. Some of us are struggling with anxiety. Some of us are struggling with fear. Many of us are overcome with insecurities. Listen, if your thoughts are running rampant in your life, get more sleep, get a Sabbath. Eat a little bit healthier, get some exercise in, get off social media. 
get something that you are fixed on? What truth in your life demolishes the, the lies in your life? Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Some of you will never get a promotion because you'll never be good enough to get a promotion. And you can believe that if you want to. Some of you will always be not skinny enough unless you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you will never be anointed unless you realize I am the light of the world, not of Walmart, of the world, of Facebook, book, 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 book. I am the light. Who are you? Because as a man believeth in his heart, so is he. And you become that who you believe you are. And the enemy is lying to all of us. Going after a fight, not against you, but the Spirit of God inside of you. 